0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, today I want to share this final message in the Standard Series. So let's go back to these two scriptures that we've used to kick this off, Isaiah 50. Nine And verse 19, Isaiah fifty nine, nineteen. While you're finding that, of course it's going to be right here for us How many are thankful for the incredible uh, beginning of this year at Calvary? You'll say amen Had, Aren't we in a flow? How many are thankful for everything God is doing? And just making the most of that I do want to say this This is day three of our chosen fast And for some reason you've been in outer Siberia And didn't know about that or you were in Mars and, and didn't know what we were doing, well, we're, we're going to give you a pass. Jump in and start with us today, okay? This is day three. We call it our chosen fast. I'll explain a little more in a moment. Uh, but we're doing the Daniel type of fast, where it's just uh, vegetables and fruits and things, things that make you healthy anyway. But the goal is, God, we're going to give you 10 days, like Daniel did, to show yourself strong in our life. So I want to encourage you. Jump in. For those of you that are fasting, it's day three. Congratulations. You know in the Bible, the third day is huge. So let me tell you what you can expect today. Who was resurrected on the third day? Come on. So some dead things, the things the devil stole and you thought were dead. Dead dreams, dead hopes dead gifts. In Jesus' name, they're resurrected today. How many are thankful for that? Amen. Do you know on the third day when God said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, and I want you to take him to Mount Moriah, and I want you to sacrifice him there. It was on the third day what happened. He brought the son, he sacrificed, and when he got to the top, what did he find? He found that Jehovah-Jireh, the provider, was already out there ahead of him. How many, come on, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Everything's cool. And so here's what I want you to do. If you will give him your sacrifice, he will give you his provision. How many heard what I just said? So on this third day of fasting, what's going to happen? We're going to find God's provision in a brand new way. So I just want you to get ready and get excited. So look at Isaiah 59, 19, out of the King James Version. Now, let me explain something because I'm going to give you two different translations and it's not that someone's confused, and we're certainly not rewriting Scripture. But when the translators go into these archaic Hebrew words, and they're challenged to put punctuation and, and translate in the right manner, sometimes you'll catch this. And so what happens, we get two translations that really give us insight on this verse. It's huge, and you've got to see this. So this is more familiar from the New King James or the King James. So they shall fear the name of the Lord. Now this comes in Isaiah's prophecy. This is the chapter after our chosen fast chapter. And what happened, Israel was being overcome by their enemies. In fact, the northern kingdom, the ten northern tribes, had already been invaded and taken over by Syria. And just Judah, these two tribes, just Judah, Jerusalem, was left. And they're lo- it's looking like it's all over. Have any of you ever been in a place where you thought it's over? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Have you ever been there where you thought you were surrounded and the enemy had you and it wasn't going to work and you almost thought there's no use praying one more time, there's no use going to church one more Sunday, there's no use inviting one more lady to the women's uh, retreat, you know, what, not retreat, conference. So, But, but this is what God says. God says in the midst of what looks like the enemy's day, Watch. They shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. Watch this. When the enemy, now this it, punctuation is everything, isn't it? When the enemy comes in, this translation says like a flood. So this is calling the enemy a flood. When the enemy comes in like a flood, there have been moments in your life where you felt this way, where you looked around you and you said, Dear God, what's he going to do next? Have you ever said, what's, what's going to happen next to me? Have, have you ever felt like the devil threw everything, including the kitchen sink, at you? It feels like a flood. But this is what God says. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up what? A standard against him. So God says when the enemy's done his best to destroy your life, to destroy your home, to steal your hope, to crush your faith... He says, I want you to know something. When the enemy has done everything he can do, God's just starting to do what he can do. God says, you may, it may look like, someone say, look like, it may look like a flood is coming. It may feel like, someone say, feel like, it may feel like a flood is coming. But God says, the devil doesn't know what I'm about to do. You may see a flood coming, but God says, I'm raising a standard up right now. I'm going to raise a standard up. I'm going to do something that stops this onslaught. But there's something we need to understand here. Look at this NIV. Same verse, same original Hebrew text, but how do we understand this? So watch this. From the west, people will fear the name of the Lord, your enemies that were coming against you. And from the rising of the sun, from the east, your enemies are going to see what? They're going to revere his glory. God says, I'm going to do something so awesome that your enemies are going to praise me. I'm going to do something so big that the the devil's strategies are going to give me glory. Are you ready? They'll revere me. Now watch this. Watch the ship. This translation understands that the flood is not the enemy. The flood is the power of God. I like that, don't you? In other words, so when the enemy comes in, what? Like a flood, God will raise a standard, okay. For he will come, this is God he's speaking of, like a pent-up flood. Wow. He said, when the enemy comes after you, God is going to release a flood tide of his presence. God is going to be a flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. So there is something coming for you right now from God like a mighty rushing flood driven along by the wind of the Holy Spirit And when the enemy thinks he's done all he can do, and when the enemy thinks he has your family, your home, I have an announcement. This nation, God's about to do something that is going to bring glory to his name. This is not the time for you and I to think the devil's winning. America. This is not the time for you to say he's going to get my children and grandchildren. This is not the moment for you to say it looks like uh, America is going to hell in a handbasket. I didn't cuss then. It is not the time for you to say I think it's too late. It's time for you to look up one more time because I see, I hear, I feel, I know a flood of the Holy Spirit is building up to come to you, your family, your home. That's what this scripture says. But what I want us to see and what I want us to understand, and what I've tried to emphasize these three times is this. This standard that God is raising up. This response of God to the devil's work are anointed men and women of God. You're the standard. I want you to say, I'm the standard. You're the standard in your home, in your family. You may be the only believer. I want you to hear me. God will honor you so much that you become a standard God raises up. Not by your power, but by the power of God. So what does this look like in Scripture? You know, I've read to you uh, a couple of passages about how the Bible prophesied. Told us clearly what this culture was going to look like. The Bible says in the last days... In the days we are living in. This is what culture will look like. Second Timothy 3 was a whole list of ungodly behavior. Wickedness. And then it concludes that passage and says. Think of this. They have a form of godliness. You remember that? The enemy. Listen to me church. The devil is wanting to creep into the house of God. With his sin. And his compromise and his wickedness, and his evil. How many heard what your pastor just said? The enemy wants to come into the family of God. The enemy wants the church to swallow the culture that we're living in. The enemy would love for the church to say, well, it doesn't seem like there's anything we can do. But God gave a distinction, a standard. He said they will have a form of godliness. I, You know, I, I don't know what in the world that would look like except what I'm seeing happening in the church today. The, the, the wicked culture covered with a form of godliness. What does that look like? Well, it would be when we begin to ordain and approve and assume and agree and join with things that are ungodly, that are against His word. You can put a reverend on it. You can put a bishop on it. You can put a holy robe on it. You can put a title on it. You can put a cross on it. You could say it in a church building. You can write it in a book. You can make a podcast. But you're just covering it with a form of godliness. But God says the distinction, the standard is this. It may look like a facade of godliness. But when they deny the power of God, that's when the standard is drawn in this situation. So we understand that everything that is of God Embraces the power of God everything that is what he's doing the standard. He is raising up is a standard that is authored and empowered by his spirit. Is anybody with me right now? He begins to raise a standard. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit We see where we're living in We we looked at Romans 1 Where people deny God Although they knew Him They traded the knowledge of God Although they can't deny He exists and He is They traded and been given over To reprobate minds And ungodly behavior That's the culture we live in But I want you to listen to me That's not intimidating for us That's I I want to say it one more time The culture is not intimidating to us We're not afraid of that. We're not hiding from it. Do you know that in the darkness, the light shines brighter? Our witness has never been greater. Our opportunity has never been greater. We're not going to lose. God is raising up a standard. God is building his church. And we're going to be a light to this world we're in. Amen? This culture, is not. we're not afraid of it. They're our target. We want to love them into the presence of Jesus. We're not arguing and debating and playing politics and being foolish and carnal. Anybody with me right now? We're preaching the word. We're releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. God's raising up a standard. If you want a political preacher, then you'll have to go somewhere else. If you, if you love politics more than the Word, then you need to go to a political convention. We're going to do the Word here. We're going to release the Holy Spirit here. We're going to love people here. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in His sight. We're going to love people that hate us. We're going to love people that disagree with us. We're going to preach the Word. We're going to love people. We're Why? Because God, by His Spirit, is raising up a standard. Anybody with me right now? Through Scripture... Through the history and the legacy of God working with his people. I've been looking at this and I've said, God, what does this standard look like? I want you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3. We're going to go through these real quickly. I just want to, I just want you to see this pattern. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 3. What does this standard look like in scripture? When we see God lift something up in the midst of an onslaught, when we see God raise something up, what were those patterns? What did you see? And right here on our third day of our 10-day fast, our chosen fast, I want to call your attention to a couple of things. that am going to encourage you while you're on this journey as we're doing this together. You see, often through Scripture, almost without fail, when there would be a crisis, when the enemy was trying to come in, when the devil wanted to be the flood instead of God being the flood, God would create a standard. Listen to me. This is what it looks like. This is when he would do it. When the enemy challenged, God would look for people who were willing to fast and pray. And through that moment, a standard would begin to be lifted up. Let's look at Second Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat, the king of, again, Judah, was surrounded now by three foreign, aggressive, ungodly armies, ready to annihilate them. And so we go to first chron- Second Chronicles 20, verse 3, and how did he respond? Alarmed. Do you know it's okay to be alarmed? Do you know as a Christian, it doesn't mean we're never afraid? How many are listening to what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that we never feel our emotions. We're not robots. We're realists. We're not in denial. There's some times George Sawyer, your pastor, has been alarmed while I'm pastoring this church. There have been some days my knees have been knocking. Anybody with me? Some of you have had those days. So let's not worry about how we feel. Let's remember who he is. All right. So what does Jehoshaphat do? Alarmed Jehoshaphat, we're going to see this word again, resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. So the king says, I'm alarmed. (laughs) We're in trouble. We're surrounded. We're outnumbered. There's no way for me to win this battle. We need to pray and fast. Today, as we're going through this fast, you may be encountering something that's bigger than you are, that's greater than you are. There may be some news that came to you recently that alarmed you. You may have discovered something going on in your family that alarmed you. You may have heard something happening at your work that alarmed you. You may have been watching too much television and something alarmed you. You may be so fearful because of what you're hearing other people say. You haven't been in the Word enough. How many are listening to me today? I'm going to tell you, if your favorite news is CNN, knock yourself out. If your favorite news is Fox, knock yourself out. Did I get both ends then? Okay. And there might be some in between. Listen to me. If you watch more news, I don't care where it comes from. If you have more news in you than you have Word in you, you're going to be in trouble right now. You, you better know. You, you better know more about what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John said than what whoever your favorite newscaster is. How I many are listening to me? I know some of you think some of your news programs are the gospel, but they're not. You better get some word in you. Okay. So, so, so what happens? He's alarmed, but he says, I'm going to inquire the Lord. I'm going to call a fast. This thing's bigger than me. This thing's greater than me. But I resolved to seek God. I want you to understand that Jehoshaphat didn't call a truce, he called a fast. You know what a lot of people are doing in our culture today, a lot of Christians are? They're calling a truce. They're saying there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just gonna go with it. I can't stop my children from doing this. I can't expect my kids not to do this. You need to stop calling a truce with your enemy, and you need to start calling a fast for your household. See, in America, we don't negotiate with terrorists. You know why? Because I have one plan to steal, to kill, and destroy. You can't negotiate with a terrorist. You can't call a truce with a terrorist. As a believer, you can't call a truce with the enemy that's coming against you and your family. We need to stop calling a truce and start calling a fast and saying, God, it doesn't look good, but you're going to have the last word. Anybody with me right now? So what happens when the people of God fast? When God finds someone to pray and fast And he begins to lift up a standard Remember they were overwhelmed There was nothing humanly they could do But what does God do When we give him an opportunity In this same chapter Look at verse 14 with me I love this Then, someone say then when does the Spirit of the Lord come? Before I give God a moment or after. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah. Aren't you glad we don't introduce ourselves like that? I mean, wouldn't that get... Hi, I'm George, the son of George, the son of Bill, the son of Tom, the grand. You know, come on, just give me your name and let's get to the deal here. All right, so here's this prophet the Spirit of the Lord came upon, all right? Now, what do we read? Verse 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, come on, what do you need when the enemy comes in? What do you need? What's the standard? Come on, this is it. What happens when you pray in fast? What's God doing right now? This is what happens. This is what the Lord says to you. See, I don't know what your emotions are saying to you. I don't know what culture says. I told you a couple of weeks ago, I don't know how much eggs cost, but this is what the Lord says. You better get some of this is what the Lord said. You need to be prayed up before you go to the grocery store right now. (laughs) You better be prayed up before you go to the gas station right now. You know, the devil's trying to rob you at the grocery store, rob you at the gas station. Okay, let me stop. So, you better know what the Lord says. What does the Lord say? What does the Lord say in the moment of your crisis? This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. I love this. I love faith. Faith never denies the reality of the problem. He says, you've got a vast army. Just don't be afraid of them." Why? For the battle is not yours, but it's God. You know what happens when you're willing to pray and fast? God says, if you'll move over, i got this thing now. You know, we can worry and cry or we can pray and fast. We can moan or groan or pray and fast. Some people can fuss and cuss or you can pray and fast. But if you give God a moment, God says, hey, don't be afraid of what's there because you don't have to fight this. I'm going to fight for you right now. Watch this. Tomorrow, march down against him. Isn't it interesting? God said, I've got the battle. But he says, you've got to do something. You've got to take a step. I'm going to fight it. Listen to me. But you've got to look at it. You've got to see it. You've got to get close enough to watch me. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz. And you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruah. Verse 17. You will not have to fight this battle. I believe the Lord's saying something to somebody right now. I believe he's speaking to someone in our online campus. You're not going to have to fight this battle. But you're going to have to fast and pray. God's going to take over. Is anybody listening to your pastor today? You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. What's your position as a believer when you're praying and fasting? We go to Ephesians chapter 6. He says, put on the full armor of God and take your stand against the devil. It's not our battle, but somebody's got to take a stand. When little little 80-year-old grandma gets up out of that rocking chair and she says, I'm going to take a stand for my family I'm going to pray and fast with my church right now God says move over granny I got this thing Are you with me? When a Gen Z says I don't know what I'm going to do at college I don't know why If nobody's asked me out for a day I don't know what the future of my life is And my family's not supporting me But I'm going to pray and fast God says I got you Z I want to just take this thing over We're going to make something happen right now Are you with me? Are you with me? If somebody will say God I don't have an answer But I'm going to pray and fast. See, if I believe God will do what he said, he says you have not because you ask not. It's not enough for me to agree with God in theory. It's not enough for me to come to church and nod my head and say amen. It's not enough to listen to pastor preach. Somewhere I have to say, I trust you so much. I'm going to be like these people. I'm going to get up. I'm going to march down. I'm going to get close enough to see you do your thing. In other words, I'm going to pray and fast. I'm going to pray in fast. I'm going to do this Daniel fast. I'm going to pray. When you do that, God takes over. Can somebody say thank God for that? All right, let's go to Esther chapter 4. Esther 4. I'm just showing you this pattern in scripture. How many are with me right now? Okay, good. Esther chapter 4. Turn there with me. Turn there with me. Esther chapter 4. Now you know Esther's story. She was taken captive. She was in exile. Babylon had finally come in and taken over the nation of Israel. It was a very desperate time. She was an orphan. Her parents had died in the conflict. Her cousin Mordecai had taken her under his wing. And she was living in Babylon. Ungodly nation. Worshipping demonic idols. uh, Against everything she believed. In her faith and in her family. And here she is. Now we would think. (laughs) That her story. Would have ended a few chapters before God ended it. Because here she is. An exile uh, in a foreign country, nothing working for her. But through a series of events, the strongest king on the planet has a fashion show and a, uh, what do you call the thing uh, where they, the, the beauty queen thing? The beauty contest, I guess. Anyway, I'm, I'm not much into that. Beauty patch, something like that. I've already got my beauty, she sits right there. So I don't really pay attention to the other stuff. I don't need to. I don't need to go to the beauty pageant I got one at my house every day so anyway so you know you know how you you know how you break your fast by looking at the menu too long some of you men been looking at the menu are you married men listening to me right now there's only one item on your menu it's your wife I had a man say to me one time, well, just because I'm on a diet doesn't mean I can't look at the menu. I said, that's how you break your diet, dummy. You'd be better for looking at the menu. Come on. How many with me? All right. So, 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 so she goes through the process, all those things I couldn't remember trying to say, and he selects her to be the queen. It's incredible. It's absolutely unbelievable that this girl in the worst condition becomes the queen. Of the most powerful nation on the, on the earth at that time. And for most of us, because we like fairy tales and Disney stories and Barbie dolls and Hallmark movies, we wanted to end right there. But that wasn't the end of it. The king has an ungodly advisor named Haman who hates her cousin Mordecai and puts together a plan to have every Jew on earth destroyed. Genocide. Now Esther is living the high life. She's in the fairy tale. You understand what I'm saying? She's in the palace. She's living it well. And her cousin says sweetheart, we need to talk. Okay? Esther 4 verse 12. He says, I found out the Jews are going to be annihilated. I found out the devil has put a man in your husband's life. The king. And he's given him his ear. And an edict has been given. And we're going to be annihilated. Esther 4 verse 12. When Esther's words were repeated to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Are you with me, church? How many are with me? Thank you for those eight. How many are with me? Do not think that because you're in the king's house you're in the, uh, you alone of all the Jews will escape for if you remain silent at this time relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place did you get that? God says I've got you there for a reason. Your fairy tale didn't just happen. Everybody with me? You know, the movie's not over. The, the, the trailer hasn't run there. We're doing something here. And he says, and, how are you listening to me? God's big enough. If you pass, he's going to find somebody else. All right. So let's keep reading. He says relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. Now look at this. Look at this question. And who knows but that you came to royal position. Just for this moment. Who knows that your fairy tale wasn't a fairy tale. It was a divine assignment. Who knows that you are where you are and who you are because God put you there. So what does this young woman do? Reality hits her. And because she was a woman of God. Look at this verse. Then Esther verse 15 sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. There will be those moments in life when it finally dawns on us that God has put us on this earth for a purpose. That what we are here for is bigger than we are. That I'm not just living for me, I'm living for the kingdom Come on, how many are with me And sometimes, or all the time, listen to me The most important thing you'll ever discover Is not just the ability to know what you have It is the, the revelation to know why you have it I want to say it again Real wisdom is not just the ability to count your money It's not just the ability to know what you have Real wisdom is the ability to know why do I have this Why did God put me here? Why am I in this place? Why am I in this church? Why do I live in North Alabama? Why am I living at this time? Why am I taking a Daniel fast? Why is God doing something in my life? Because God placed you where you are and made you who you are and put together a thousand details you don't even know about so you are in the right place at the right time to do the right thing. Do you know why? Because you're the standard that God is raising up in this generation. You're the person to walk into your world Pushed along and anointed by the Holy Spirit But the fast released all that The fast enabled her to step into who she was As you pray and fast God lifts you out of just living for me And I begin to see the bigger picture of who I am And what God's called me to do It's the pattern It's it's when God releases the standard that stops the enemy. That one young woman's faith stopped the entire genocide of the Jewish race. And by the way, Haman, who hatched the plan... To destroy the Jews who hated her cousin Mordecai. Who built a gallows to hang Mordecai on. God flipped that thing around in the middle of a fast. And Haman was hung on the gallows that he had built to destroy Mordecai. When you pray and fast. Are you ready? The devil will take anything he can to destroy you. But God will take what the devil designed as your destruction and flip it around on the other way. And the devil will drown in his own flood because God will raise a standard up against him. If you're praying and fasting, you better get ready for the devil to be defeated in your life and for what he designed to destroy you. Listen, you know what you've been crying about? It's about to become your testimony. Do you know what's been beating you down? It's about to become the next medal on your chest. God is going to defeat the enemy's work. Why? We're praying and we're fasting. I got to get on with this. (laughs) I'm just trying to introduce this. I need to hurry. Don't worry. I'm watching the watch. Let me watch the clock. You watch the word right now. Okay, just relax. Jesus did that. He was baptized by John. The Holy Spirit came on him. He went into the wilderness for 40 days. He fasted. He prayed. The enemy tried to derail his ministry before he could start. But the Bible says when, in Luke 4, when he went into this fast, he was full of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible says in verse 14 of Luke 4, when he came out of this fast, he was in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what praying and fasting will do? It will turn what's enough for you into an overflow of power for somebody else around your life. See, full means I have all I want, but the power of the Holy Spirit means there's some for you to have when you encounter my life. Praying and fasting will turn fullness into power. See we 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 are thankful to be spirit filled. But what we really need to go on another step See, spirit-filled is just me We not only need to be spirit-filled We need to be spirit-empowered We need to be a church and a people Who are carrying the power and presence of God in our life It was Jesus who said When the disciples said We can't cast this demon out of this boy What did Jesus say? This kind This kind Only comes by what? Prayer and fasting So let me ask you a couple of questions you got any things that are breaking, aren't moving, aren't shifting? Are there any people that aren't budging? Are there any situations that won't move? Anybody listening to me right now? Is there some sin that won't let go of you? Is there some temptation that trips you up every time? Is there some situation you can't overcome? Is there something that won't move? I'm going to tell you, there's some kind that only go and move and get out and vacate when we've been praying and fasting. The devil doesn't want you to pray and fast because he knows that when you do, God says, I got this. I've got this, I've got this, I'm gonna fight this battle, I'm gonna break this stronghold, I'm gonna knock this thing down. That's the God we serve. There's a pattern that the, the 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 standard that lifts up in these moments is when God's people begin to pray and fast. It's like heaven is saying, I've got all these resources, I've got all this anointing, I've got all this timing. I've got all this ability. I'm just looking for somebody to open the door for me. You see that family? I want to change that family. If someone can pray and fast, I can get in this thing right now. You know, if, if someone will pray and fast, I can get in their finances right now. If someone will pray and fast, I can get in their health right now. If someone will pray and fast, I can get into the middle of America and pour out a revival that begins to shift and change the status quo. If somebody will... Praying fast. See, it's not who we are, it's who he is. Our prayer and fasting just allows God to step in and do his thing. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of like God said, somebody praying fast, and this is what God steps and He says, let's roll up our sleeves right now. We're about to get to the getting. Come on, we're about to get in this thing. Why? God says, I'm going to move. They made a place for me. So that's why we do this Daniel fast. Go to Daniel chapter one. Daniel one. I'm just, I'm feeding you the word today. Son, who's eating? I'm feeding you the word. Who's eating? Come on, quit passing that plate and eat it right now. Quit passing the plate. Some of you passing the plate. So, well, I hadn't fasted. What? You start today. I, I forgot about it. When you start today. I'm reminding you. Listen, God's, God's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you up right now. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to build your faith right now. Anybody with me right now? Come on. We need to stop living with the limitations of earth and start living with the unlimited abilities of heaven. We need to stop trying to solve every problem with who we are, what we have, or what we know. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, how many times have you heard that? If you want to get a job around here, it's not what you know, it's who you know. How many ever heard that? You ever heard Let me see your hand. It's not what you know. So you've ever heard that? Well, I want to say it the right way. If you want a job around here, it's not what you know, it's who you know. (laughs) Come on. You know somebody that knows everything. You know, so so you don't know somebody, you don't know the CEO, you, know, you don't know those people, it's all right, you know him, you know the one, come on, pray and fast, give him a chance to step in and, and do some things. If Esther could become a queen, God can move in your life. If, if, if Jehoshaphat could see God come to his defense with those armies, God can do that in your life. If Jesus said you need to fast and pray, let's do that in our life. The Daniel fast, Daniel 1. I've got the King James, New King James for verse 8. So Daniel, again, like Esther, is an exile, a captive in Babylon, in a foreign place, an ungodly place. And, and, and he's now been taken in to be trained and groomed to serve this wicked king. They've recognized that some of these young Jewish men have talents. You know, they really listen, I want to help you with something. Literally, when you read this first chapter, these young Jews that have been taken into Babylon were easily recognized. You know why? Because of the hand of God on their life. Now, the Babylonians didn't understand why they were who they were. But the hand of God on their life. I want you to listen to me today. You may be in your job. You may have the position you have. You may have the influence you have today. Listen to me closely. Because of the hand of God on your life. God has done that for you. And God has blessed you. I would encourage you. Don't assume. That you created that moment. Don't assume that your intellect is just something that you got from your daddy. It came from the hand of God. Don't assume that your ability to be the first of your family in college. Don't assume that you just did something. I need you to recognize it's the hand of God. These young men were standouts. They, they were recognized. and They said, we want to bring them into our service. And so what did he do? He changed their name. We're going to rob their identity. We're going to hijack their gift. Do you know the devil steals the giftedness that God has placed in his people? Do you know I believe every rapper, every country singer, every blues singer, every pop singer, that are, they're just kidnapped worship leaders. They just don't know who they are. They just don't know what to do with that gift. They, they, they think they're all that, you know, they think they're bad to the bone. They're hanging with their posse. They're building their brand. They got their, you know, they got their boys. They got their girls. They got that mess. You know what they've got? They've got a confusion. They need to know who put the gift in their life. They need somebody to set them free. They need somebody to pray and fast. They need some Gen Z, Gen X millennial to stop worshiping them and start worshiping God. and let them see the glory They need somebody on that Facebook To stop following them and start leading it. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're doing right now See, what we need to understand Is that the gift that God puts in people's lives Always becomes a target for the devil But When those people understand who they are Like you do We get to verse 8 I like this here But Daniel purposed Someone say purposed I like that word. The NIV says resolved, purposed, purposed. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacy. He said, I can eat what the king eats, but first it was offered to a demon idol. He said, I'm not going to eat it. And you know what they said? Well, all the exiles are eating it. He said, I'm not. All the exiles are eating it. He said, I'm not. God's going to lift me up. God's going to make a standard out of my life. I'm not afraid to carry my cross and identify for Jesus. Anybody in this house? I'm not ashamed of Him. I'm not going to deny Him before men. I'm not going to back off from the gospel. I'm not going to deny my God who saved me. Anybody in this house? I'm going to. Anybody? Anybody going to live for your God? We're going to. We're, the, what we worshipped and praised Him for this morning? Or are we going to testify of that when we walk out of here? He said, "I've purposed. I've purposed that I'm not going to defy myself." nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, somebody might, the wine which he drank. Okay. Therefore, did y'all, the wine that he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He said, I purposed, I purpose in my heart that I'm going to be faithful to God. When I'm surrounded with these things, I'm going to be faithful to God. He was a, general Zer at this time in his life. He was maybe late teens, early 20s. A young man with all the pressure of this Babylonian culture pressuring in on him. Most of the other Jewish exiles did not take his stand. He was alone in the culture. Come on, listen to me. I'm going to say this. You got to hear this. And he was alone in the church house. I'm going to say it over here on this side. He was alone in the culture. And he was also standing alone in the church house. So what are you saying, Pastor? A lot of people claiming the name but not living the life. A lot of people going in the house but not living for their God. I didn't say anybody here just in case somebody, you know. So what I'm saying is, he said, it doesn't matter what you do around me. I'm purposed to serve God. So how do you live out that purpose? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to verse number 11. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants. For how long? Woo, we're right in our 10 days. Come on. We're just, we're walking right along with these powerful men and women of God. God will do for you what he did for them. Come on. All right. So he said, give me a test for 10 days. Come on, guys. You know, this fast is not a drudgery. It's a joy. It's a privilege. Does anybody feel that? You know, I, I feel like I feel like when I'm praying fast, I feel like I'm walking with Jehoshaphat. I feel like I'm walking with Daniel. I feel like I'm walking with Esther. I feel like I'm walking with Jesus. Anybody feel that way? I don't feel, oh, I can't have a cheeseburger. Come on. Ten days, man, I'm walking with this thing. God's breaking strongholds. Any walkers in the house with me right now? Come on. We're just walking. I like my company. Come on. Anybody like your company? I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. They're cheering us on. They're saying, come on. Eat those carrots. Yes, sir. I'm going to eat my carrots. Come on, George. You don't need a pizza. You need an Apple. Yeah, I'm going to eat an apple. Cause why? Because why? Why, 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 God's raising up a standard. God's breaking strongholds. God's setting your family free. We are walking in good company. Come on, God. We can take a 10-day test. Oh, come, let me go. You only got seven left. Come on. It's, it's, it's good. Oh, seven's God's perfect number. I could tell you all kinds of things. Come on. All right. So verse 13, then compare our appearance with well, that of the young men who eat the royal food. And treat your servants in accordance with what you see. He said, come on, let's put God to the test. And let's just see what God does. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier. They looked better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. I've had some people tell me, Oh, I can't fast because, you know, I'm, I'm just too weak. <laughs> now, if you're on medicine, do what your doctor said. How many heard me say that? Do what the doctor said. But some of you diagnose yourself and the doctor wasn't in on it. It's amazing how many people get low blood sugar in a fast. I can't fast my blood sugar. <laughs> you hadn't had bad blood sugar your whole life. If you have, take care of it. Do what you should. I want you to do what the doctor said. I'm, thank God for doctors. We have doctors in this church. I love doctors. How many are thankful that a doctor has helped? They've helped me and my family. They're gifts to us. But there's a lot of people <laughs> get in a fast and become doctor somebody. I mean, <laughs> well, pastor, I, I can't fast. I, I you know, I got to go to work every day. Okay. And God God can't help you do that? I'm glad you brought the work thing up. Let's keep reading. Let's look at this. Verse fifteen. At the end of the ten days they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food, so I believe we're going to be healthy. Let's keep reading though, because we need to you gotta go to work every day. So the guard took away their choice food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Now watch what happened. Verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge, understanding of all kinds, literature and learning. So I'm not talking about the children. You do what you want to do, mom and dad. I'm talking to some of us college students in the house. Some of us going back, getting your degree. You know, what does that fast do for me? Ooh, increase my knowledge, bless my health, and look at this. It started releasing spiritual gifts in your life. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Wow. Spiritual gifts that were dormant in his life were released as he prayed and fast. His job that he was recruited for in Babylon, he rose to the top and became the very best there was. Praying and fasting brings heaven into your moment. It moves the limitations. All right. I'm going to do this one last thing that we're going to pray. All right. Go to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Go left in your Bible if you're not familiar. Okay, Isaiah 58. How many are going to find that? Mm, mm. Isaiah 58. It's important I want to read this these verses because these are the heart. The type of fast is that Daniel fast. But this is how you fast. This is how we finish these seven days strong. Boy, by next Sunday. I Listen, I wouldn't miss next Sunday. Day 10 of a fast, this number of men and women fasting, strongholds broken, the glory of God being released, wisdom, anointing authority. Listen, I would, if, if I would uh, pay Uber to get here next Sunday, if you don't have a ride, call Uber and get here. Listen, if I wasn't sure I'd come back, I would just sit down and stay here for next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. We'll bring you some apples and oranges and water. I, I wouldn't miss next Sunday. All right. So watch this, though. This is critical. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. I'm in Isaiah 58.1. Raise your voice like a trumpet. So God says, I need to send a message and I want my people to hear it. Declare to my people their rebellion. Again, Isaiah was prophesying to Israel when the northern kingdoms had already gone into captivity. And Judah, what was left, were still not turning to God. It's shocking. How far people will go before they say, "God, I need you." So says you're rebelling. Verse two: For day after day, what's the terminology? They seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. It appears. Remember that form of godliness we talked about? They're going through a ritual that, on the outside, appears they really want to know me, as if as if they were a nation. America, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. Look at this. They ask me for just decisions. Here's this word again. And they seem eager for God to come near them. If you just look real quickly, if you just listen, it, it, it looks like things are okay, but let's keep reading. Notice their attitude. Notice their focus. It's not God or anyone else. It's themselves. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Say, God, we're going through the motions. We're we're bribing you to do something. We're trying to force your hand. You're not doing anything. Only reason I'm fasting is so you can do something for me. Are you with me? Yet you on know, the day of your fasting, you do as you please, exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. He's just getting to them. He said, you're going through the motion, but it's not working because your heart's not in this thing. It's all about you. It's all about manipulation. It's all about ritual and religion. He says, it's not going to work. Verse 5. Is this the kind of fast i've chosen? only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for buying one's head like a reed for lying on sackcloth and ashes? in other words, is it just to do the outer stuff? Is that what you call a fast? a day acceptable to the Lord? so do you want to, we're not doing that we're not being legalistic and ritualistic and religious we're saying God, we want you. we are seeking you we're Praying, fasting, putting aside other things because we want you in our life. Okay, I'm winding up. Now, this is what God said. This is why we call it a chosen fast. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? I want to know. What did God say? He says, this is the kind of fast. Watch this. To loose the chains of injustice. To untie the cords of the goat. To set the oppressed free. And break every yoke. When we pray and fast with the right heart before God, it's not outer ritual, it's inner transformation. God begins to break strongholds and barriers and our life shifts. You see, what did he say? They have a form of godliness but deny the power. When we fast with the right heart, the power of God comes in. The standard is raised. People are set free. Chains are broken. Yokes are broken. How many see what we're saying? And then look at this. I, I'm going to stop here. There's so much more in this chapter. Please read it daily as we go through this. But verse 7 says, I want read two verses. It is not, is it not to share your food with the hungry? and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and when you see the naked to clothe him, and not turn away from your own flesh and blood so he says the heart fast the person who does this with the right attitude God begins to move in power all around you God begins to break strongholds Satan loses everything and then he says you stop saying I'm fasting for me and your eyes get off you and you start seeing everybody around you compassion rises in your life. Anybody with me? Generosity rises up in your life. You're not fasting as a poor little beaten beggar. You're fasting as a person walking in the presence of the Most High God. And you begin to say, God, you're raising up a standard. You're going to use us. That's why next Sunday we have this one day to feed the world. It's a radical one day. What are we saying, God? I'm going to give you one day of my salary, one day of my income because I be Leave my heart Has so been changed That I want to feed the hungry people around me I want to fast You say well hey I'm hungry why am I feeding someone else Doesn't that sound just like Jesus Okay And then look at verse 8 In fact go ahead stand I'll read verse 8 Stand I didn't say leave I said stand If you can stay Worship team come and join me Look at this word What's the first word in verse 8 What is it say it that means it's based upon something that preceded it. Then means as a response to what just happened. Then means because of this, we get to do this. Because that heart fast is right. Because it does all the things we saw today. Now he says, watch this. I want to encourage you, church. He says, now I'm going to bless you. Now I'm going to do something for you because your heart's been right before me. Look at this. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Come on. Somebody thank God for that. Not only your body. Some people need to be healed in their mind, don't they? In their emotions. In their marriage. In their relationships. He says, where you're broken, I'm going to come heal you. Because your eyes haven't been on you, your eyes have been on me. Because your prayers haven't just been for you, you're willing to feed and bless those around you. He says, so by the way, I'm going to heal you. And he says, I'm going to do it quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. God says, I've got you. I've got you. Like Jehoshaphat, I've got you. Like Esther, I've got you. Like Daniel, I've got you. Like Jesus, I've got you. If you pray and fast, he says, I have all these things. The standard that starts lifting up. So let's pray together right now. Here's what I want us to do. I want us as we are here today. I want us to say to God, God, I'm willing to give you a chance to show who you are in my life. If you've never prayed and fasted, I'm going to encourage you to give God a chance. Give God an opportunity. So, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Well, you can go to our website. They'll tell you how to do this. But Let me challenge you today. If you've never fasted, will you take a step? Will you just take a step? Will you do it for a meal? Will you do it for a day? Will you give God the opportunity to show you how real He is? Come on, some of you, we've been doing this for a while. You're, you're, You're pros at this stuff. Come on, aren't we? We've done this for 40 years. But here's the deal. I don't want to have a 40-year-old relationship. I want to have a fresh right now heart with God. I want to give a chosen fast. I, 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 I want my agenda to be one thing. God, I need you. Jesus, I love you. God, I want more of you in my life. So right now, right where you are, can you be vulnerable enough with God and say, I want to encounter you this week. I want to, I want to open my heart to you this week. Like Daniel says God I want to give a test I want to just see what happens When I give you a chance Come on pray with me right now Would you everyone Father Right where we are right now We're excited about the opportunity Of praying fast You're raising up mighty young men and women I can't wait to see What you do with the Daniels and the Esters That are part of this family God God I can't wait to see what you're going to do With with, with those that walk with you And believe you and stand God, at the end of Daniel, he was 80 years old and still a mighty man of God. Lord, we can't wait to see what you do in the lives of those who've been walking with you for a long time. We want to be fresh. We want to love you. We want to be yours. We want to belong to you. God, we want to say, here's the opportunity. God, for those that may be struggling to pray and fast, encourage them today. Build their faith today. Build their hope today. For those that are going to take the first step, God, just bless that today. God, for those that are getting ready this this next Sunday to to bring that one day and, and to feed the world and just release your glory, oh God. The blessings that are coming. The provision that is coming. The healing that is coming. The flood of your anointing that is on the way. The standard you're raising up to defeat every trap and work of the devil. We thank you for it today. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you.